Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Baddie Podcast featuring me, your host, Tabitha Richardson. And on this podcast, I love talking about real estate, entrepreneurship, and current events. And today I have an awesome guest, Miss Glenda Lee. I love saying her name, Miss Glenda Lee, the good witch. I don't know why I say that. It just seems like it all flows together. So welcome to my podcast, Glenda Lee. Thank you so much, Tabitha. I've been looking forward to this. I have to because we've rescheduled maybe since December. I don't know, but I've it didn't matter. I knew whenever the time was appointed, I would be here. Your energy is just something that that magnifies when we're together. So, yeah, Aww. I'm excited. So this is our my first live. So I'm so happy that I get to do it with Glenda um, because she is a special person. So we met last. Ooh. Summer-ish at an event, and I don't know, we just ended up talking and kind of hung out the rest of the night, and from there was history. But I don't want to jump the gun, but what I'm really excited about hearing is about your hotels. Okay. Well, hotel. Yes. Plural, maybe in the future or later, but we'll find out. We'll find out. We're not going to jump into that just yet. Okay. So tell us, Glenda... What do you do? So I have a marketing agency that is formed to support the hospitality and tourism industry. You spoke about hotels. My 25 years of my career has been in sales and marketing, primarily in the hotel field. And I spent some years after that training, educating, and so now bringing all of that wealth of information and experience to my own agency is amazing. So that's what I do. I really do 360 degree marketing for hotels, restaurants, transportation companies, and entertainment. So how long have you had your own business? Since 2018, but I was still working for the federal government. <laughs> so I was low with it, but um, I've always respected how, as an entrepreneur, you could have your day job really fund your passion project, and that was the road that I went. I mean, most people go that route. Before I was a full-time real estate agent, I was part-time working for a communications company. And and so when I when I thought the time was right, I jumped out there, which was before the bubble burst. But we won't talk about that. So how has your experience been since you decided to just go all in? Okay, so let's talk about that bubble because huh, summer 2019. That's when I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna go hard. I think we're gonna do this. You've been doing it for everybody else. You've been making people millions, right? Why not make yourself a few hundred thousand. Don't even be greedy. So I sat still from summer 2019, formulating in my head how and when and with whom. And then January 2020. I said, you were for the pandemic. January 2020. I said, all right, here we go. And then March 2020 hit. And it was like, ah, I'm not going anywhere. Sit down, sit still and think about your life. Um, so yes, yes, I definitely was impacted by um, the pandemic in that regard, where it was big plans, lots of big plans, 
and then a lot of things were tabled. But then a lot of things bloomed. Yeah, there's a lot of millionaires that were made oh during the pandemic. If you were able to like shift, mm -hmm. like shift quickly, yes. There's so many people that didn't even have businesses before the pandemic, yes, but they saw an opening and they took it and they like made millions Absolutely. during that time. Absolutely. I've got to say most of the clients that I work with right now were those who were either pivoting, doing something completely different from what they were doing pre-March 2020, or were nimble enough to do a little bit of this and then come back to that. And then remix it and do it all. It's it's been an amazing thing to watch. So I support those businesses now in enlarging their territory, if you will. So give us an example of like what type of services okay. you would do, just so I understand sure. and everyone that's watching understands. Okay, just in case they want to do the same thing or they need your services. Okay, so I mentioned three hundred and sixty degree marketing. My team, we really do it all. So I'll give you just a couple of examples. Um, the most recent has been an album release. So for my entertainment client, they um, just launched a new album and then they have some singles coming after that. So everything from strategy, well, when should this be released and when should that be released? We work on. We also work with the digital marketing behind it, pod list, pod, uh, podcast and playlist oh because i was like what's podlist right <laughs> that's a new term i've never heard of it maybe that <laughs> needs to be a new term but yes podcast appearances and playlist um inclusions that was a new bit of marketing specific to the music industry that our team really dove into um so that's just a little bit that we're doing with them and then compare that to um transportation company homegrown Startup, like we're talking about, sitting around a pandemic with a Rolls Royce and a yacht, what do you do? Oh, you start welcoming people on for um, more private events, which fit the pandemic because right. we, we wanted like to stay in our bubbles. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So going through strategy with that and really repositioning what you had to make it make even more sense for the time where we're in. And they immediately took off with those more private, um, everything from your minimonies, I think that's what we were calling them, miniature matrimony ceremonies, mm -hmm. um, to date nights and things like that. So strategy, social media, um, content, oh my gosh, content is king right now or queen. Yes, um, so I'm learning. <laughs> that okay yeah. i just started getting more consistent with my social media like doing the reels mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of people they gained a lot of exposure yes. doing reels so i'm late to the party but i'm here now right and right. it's actually fun but that fun. content it people drives. are getting paid just creating content mm -hmm. because you know i think advertisers are seeing like well, why are we paying all this money for maybe commercials when mm -hmm. we can just tap into these influencers yep. who have audiences that really pay attention to mm -hmm. what they're doing? We could just pay them. Yep. And even beyond the influencer, the actual user, user-generated content speaks volumes. Would you rather listen to a paid celebrity or would you rather listen to someone who lives in your zip code, 
who frequents the places that you enjoy mm -hmm. and lives a lifestyle similar to yours. Who would you believe? So yeah, yeah. That's that's a, maybe thirty percent of what we do. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. I remember um, one time we were supposed to go to dinner, and you were saying like, "I gotta do this for your trans for the transportation company." It was a party or something like that, and you were supposed to meet up maybe at eleven, twelve o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, yes. okay, I'm I'm just yes. probably part of the old yes. crew because I was like, oh, I would have to take a nap. Well, for see, that. that's the thing with these two <laughs> sectors. Coming out of hotels, it was 24 hours, so I was kind of used to that. But I was also 20 when I started that, <laughs> and so now with transportation and entertainment, it's nonstop. It's oh my goodness, it's nonstop travel, it's nonstop mm -hmm. events and movement, but it is fun. So you said that's 30 percent. Yes. of what you do so what's the other 60 percent that's broken into different buckets i also am a trainer a hospitality trainer so gearing up a next generation for this industry and all of those sectors is something that i do more on the government contracting side um and then we also do a lot of public relations so that's the not so sexy part the press releases and um, the pitching and all of that to get the appearances, to get the um, magazine ads and, and, and write-ups and things like that, and the podcasters to pay attention. I need to be on a magazine. <laughs> Don't y'all think that I should be hey, on the cover of the magazine? I think so. I think so. Oh, and we're drinking a little wine. No, It's the middle of the day, but it's okay. So who would be your client? So who, if someone's like, you know what, I'm thinking of doing who would that client be so i'll give you another example about this time last year and this is related really to um this discussion about real estate one of my clients down in atlanta she was all over the news is one of the youngest if not the youngest african-american woman who owned a hotel can you name her name yeah should i Sure. <laughs> no, it's Davon Reeves. So you can Google her. She was all over the place last year. And she and I were working on another project prior to that. Right in the throes of the pandemic, we were launching She Has a Deal, which was a pitch competition designed to welcome uh, minorities and women into hotel ownership mm -hmm. through um, a pitch competition. Really? So think about those pitch competition like TV shows, tank. like a Shark Tank. It was just like that where young ladies, this was really designed for early careers, to pitch real proposals mm -hmm. for real deals about real properties. That also was, in t was planned before March 2020, but we moved forward and launched the whole thing in October of 2020 after pushing from April. So they were a client, and um, Davon Reeves, I was mentioning, she was on that Shad squad, mm -hmm. and then she enlisted our support in building out another campaign for her. And it was really about moving her messaging from her digital space and, and following to broaden that. And so what mm -hmm. we proposed was things like a multi-city tour, where she would go into different markets and talk about 
that commercial side of real estate because a lot of us had gotten into residential, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us were either doing flips or just buying properties. We got hip to that game, but nobody, nobody was telling us that we could invest into a hotel. Right. That seemed like, are you talking about Monopoly? Are you talking about yeah. real life? You told me that. I was like, a hotel? A hotel, right. I was so, interested. And I was too. So from She Has a Deal to the Vaughn Group with Davon Reeves, those two women really got me hip to this. And I'm not rich. My daddy and mommy worked. <laughs> I didn't have a pot of money waiting for me. There's no foundation. There's nothing, you know, that mm -hmm. was bequeathed to me. Um, <laughs> bequeathed. Right. I've worked for all these 20, 30 years that we're talking about. But now I can say I am a hotel investor. I love it. I'm waiting for my second dividend to be paid out from the fourth quarter. <laughs> so that feels really special in that I understand through clients more about something that I thought was not really for me. So that how was this whole thing? Well, before I, I get to that, so someone that would be your ideal client for mm -hmm. your training program or your marketing company mm -hmm. would basically be someone that is looking to... That is looking to expand their either small or mid-enterprise business and gain revenue. Bottom line, after all the pretty videos and all that, it's really about getting revenue. And I trademark what I call the boom theory in that I've noticed that many of our businesses, if I can be frank, absolutely, many of our businesses were thriving because we're not unfamiliar with Struggle. And struggle. <laughs> We're always in struggle since we, we know hit this country. We know what to do when that hits. When that happens. We yeah. are naturally nimble. Mm -hmm. Maybe it plays out in our athleticism. I don't know. But it definitely proved itself in the business realm. Many of our businesses that I observed, I'll put that qualifier there, pivoted and pivoted gracefully and successfully. Um, and so that supported a theory that we already had. You can create your own boom, regardless of what the economic climate is, mm -hmm. if you're listening to your customer, if you're connected to your customers, and you're simply giving them what they want. So, so my, give us a tip. Give us something okay. that someone can do to listen to their customer or hear what their customers are saying. Give us some a tip. So social listening is a thing. And it makes this so much easier than years ago when you had to put together a focus group and all that, right? <laughs> you can literally get on your social spaces and say, hey guys, what do you think about this wine? And going back to that user-generated content, oh, they'll kick it back. They'll be like, hey, we love it. Hey. <laughs> or they'll be like, oh, this is some trash. It tastes like dishwater, da 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 da. And as a as a business owner, you gotta you gotta toughen up. Take it. You gotta be able to take it and then roll with it. So yeah. my tip would be first of all, listen through social listening. Use your social spaces not just for the sexy content. 
but to make it a, a, a true dialogue mm -hmm. and get something in return so you can continue to grow. I love that. I love that. And I definitely will say that I am, I've always used social media for a purpose, but I'm just getting more, I guess, into it and being more intentional mm -hmm. about it. And, and I think that with social media also, the algorithms change they're always changing and so you really have to stay on top of it and yes. just and also be on multiple platforms because when this one is acting up you still have other platforms that you can tap into um, and also own some of your assets so taking people off social media yes. into a space that you own yes. so you can also tap into them there so that that's definitely good tip. since you talked about the multi multiple platforms can I give another tip you can give as many tips as you want. <laughs> so with the multiple platforms, and this is work, right? As a real estate agent, you're not a social media maven. You could be, but you're really here to drive revenue through selling homes, property, and otherwise. Um, but with the multiple platforms, I suggest usually use different voices in the different spaces. Break that down. So... Um, Use different voices. I'm working with uh, an executive wellness center over at National Harbor now. Mm -hmm. So think where you can go work out, but also moving into rehab and wellness, not just getting sweaty like you're one of the big boy gyms. So with that, an executive wellness center, you want to see what does that even look like? I keep thinking gym, but you keep saying it's not a gym. So Instagram being very visual really should be where you can get those close-up shots of what the, the user looks like on the equipment or experiencing the services. For Facebook, you can take that a little bit further into a conversation, put some clickable links to what this is instead of just simply looking at it on Instagram. And then Twitter, when it's a live event, for example, every Tuesday and Thursday, they do um, healthy happy hours. You can have someone really tweeting out, oh my gosh, this just happened. And oh, so-and-so just did 10 burpees while they were, I don't know, sipping a wheatgrass shot. I don't know, whatever <laughs> weirdness. But then LinkedIn, which is what a lot of people really don't think when they think social media, an executive wellness center you got to be in a space where the executives are mm -hmm. so you can then present the company and its founder as a subject matter expert in this space of executives and because you're not looking for the big you know <laughs> you're really looking for people who focus on wellness differently as, yeah. as a compliment to their business you want to talk to them in their spaces and so you can have a different conversation on linkedin than you would on instagram than you would on twitter than you would on facebook um and then you know there's tiktok so you can be as silly, silly as you yeah, want on in, TikTok. intentionally to right. get a different vibe even there so that's a lot of work because the same messaging yeah. could be there but you're just using different voices i love that and I like your breakdown and example of it because oftentimes like first of all I'm not I'm on Twitter but I don't really understand Twitter right so every now and then I'll like do a tweet but I just don't really understand it 
but I like how you showed how you would use each platform for that example. And I'm going to take that little tip and I'm going to try and change up because you're right. Um, Instagram is more visual. So, right. So maybe you're not using the same exact picture, but you could use the same picture and then take it to Facebook. But on Facebook, give a little bit more, Mm -hmm. go a little bit more in depth. And then you're right about LinkedIn. A lot of times we leave LinkedIn out. We're mm-hmm. like, uh, I'll go there when I'm looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. But it's more to it. And, you know, people network a lot on LinkedIn. So when I'm on LinkedIn, maybe I need to show a little bit more of my expertise Absolutely. in the space that I'm in and give more of an explanation mm-hmm. there on LinkedIn. So I'm going to take that tip and I'm going to try and execute on it and see how that works. So. And then, like you said earlier, that becomes your asset. So you can then farm out what the real estate baddie said on LinkedIn. That has a different cachet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. I strongly encourage people to use LinkedIn. I love it. So if you guys need more information, you know who to contact. I'm going to make sure I get all of her information yes, to put indeed. down in this description section for you because she, she, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I want to get into the hotel. Okay. Stuff. But yes. is there anything you want to tell us about your marketing company before we like jump over there? I could talk about that all day. So no. Let's not open that Pandora box. But you know what? Marketing is just a space that I think a lot of businesses and maybe like our businesses, we kind of overlook that part. Mm -hmm. And I know that I probably have overlooked it or we think it's something like, oh, just throw this content out and Mm -hmm. we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. But it is an important part of that business plan for your company if you're looking to, to drive Mm-hmm. Um, more traffic and earn more revenue because that's what ultimately traffic um, equates to is getting more revenue. So marketing is an important aspect. So I don't want anyone to think that, you know, like we breezing over it. We're not. <laughs> We're not. But I want to get to the juicy let's stuff. Let's go. Let's go. So how did you go from, is it she has a deal? Yes. To now, okay, we're we're going to go into business together to get hotels how uh, that's a time together really um so i'll parallel it to this the originator she has a deal um before she started that she was just uh, an investor one of the few women who were saying something who was actually saying something in the space in the hotel world um there so were, was she she in hospitality like so tracy prickmore another name you can google she was not she came out of healthcare. she'll tell anyone she came out of healthcare administration and she too um found some success in real estate investing and she just said hey hmm, i think i want to do something else how about hotel She'll say that it was almost that simple in how she transitioned. And then she got on this this mission to get more of us that look like her on a similar mission. So in working with her that year during the pandemic on what I mentioned was the Shad Squad, it was maybe eight of us, all women, on a call every Tuesday. 
<laughs> at 10 o'clock. We got a lot of work done. No, it's oh, at a.m. Okay. <laughs> um, we got a lot of work done. We worked intensely. And you talk about pivoting. Almost every phone call was different because we thought the pandemic was going to last a week yeah. before it was declared, stamped a pandemic. Um, so we were constantly changing what we want to do. So in that kind of business environment, even though we were working remotely, we put a lot of ourselves into that work and we became really good associates. And so it became more than just work. It became, I need to see you successful. I need I to that. see this actually launch. I can't see this great idea get hushed because of a virus and we can't meet in person. Nah, let's figure this out. So that's how that happened in the midst of making things happen. We're really just sharing, just like now. So transition that to Devon from Devon Group, she was just like, gee, look, this is what you got to do. So between her and um, Tracy, which she has a deal, it was just a wealth of information that people pay big money for. Just chopped up over a phone call or when we were able to at a restaurant, just kicking it like, okay, this is what you need to do in order to get your portfolio together or this is what you need to do in order to assess a, a deal. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because I've, I've always said, going back to Monopoly, other cultures do sit around the dinner table yes. talking about credit, talking about asset management, talking about things that, you know, again, if I'm being frank, we're talking about, about what the housewives are doing. I don't care what the housewives I are doing. I do care sometimes, but I don't care. But, but <laughs> I do care about the conversations of moving forward. Those are yes. super important. You have certain friends for certain things. Yes. And so you have to know who those friends are and making sure you're not spending most of your time or your conversations on things that don't matter mm -hmm. and make sure that you're maximizing those conversations that do matter mm -hmm. that's going to take you from here to there right. and we do need to have more of those conversations but um, a thing that some people complain about is that they feel that we as a culture don't like sharing information that's true so you know, right now you're here, right? And you're sharing information. Not everybody is willing to do that because mm -hmm. they, I don't know, maybe be afraid that if I give you the information, you might go a little further than me. Mm -hmm. But you can't be afraid of that because maybe your assignment was to just have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Maybe your assignment is not to go there. Maybe your assignment is to do something else, but your assignment was to talk to this person, mm -hmm. give them the information because they are supposed to go that direction so I think we need to get out of that being afraid to share because ultimately if you are successful I'm hoping that you're gonna you know reach back and be like Ted you know what Absolutely. that was some great information mm -hmm. like oh, I need to put you on mm -hmm. to some things I wholeheartedly agree there's this proverb that I really stick to I quote it maybe every week if you want to go fast you go alone if you want to go far, you go together. And I think that that is very, very true. Sometimes there are mm -hmm. occasions where you need to go fast. Mm -hmm. But in what you're saying, when we share, when we are together in this, and like I mentioned, when you are as committed to someone else's 
dream as you are to yours and you lock elbows and run together, you can go far because when I get tired, you you still got me. Right. And when you get tired, I got you. When my heel breaks, you know, right. you can like, come on, girl. Come on, let's yeah. go. Just break the other heel off. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's go. go. Mm-hmm. So I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I was absolutely raised in hush, don't talk about how much money you made. Don't tell people about the family business and all this. That that's that's our culture, generally yes. speaking. I always like to put that out there. But generally but that speaking. comes from way back, you know, of we not being able to share that you can read. Mm. You know? Mm. That you mm. if you shared information, mm-hmm. you might have been killed. Mm-hmm. So it it stems, it's like deep rooted, Mm -hmm. but we do need to get out of that Mm -hmm. and not be fearful. I mean, there's people that are scam artists out there that, but you know, you can't be fearful of that. Mm -hmm. You should be more encouraged to share the information so that maybe someone else can get inspired by what you're doing. And, and, you know, you always have to inspire the next generation. Like you were saying, teaching the next generation. So that's, that's that's awesome. But so, so yeah, cool. I completely shout out Davon Reeves and Tracy Prigmore. They are very open in that regard. And and like I said earlier, Google them. You really could. And you would think if you didn't know them, you would think like, Oh my gosh, I can't ask them anything. I can't ask them. Mm-hmm. They are so approachable. And they're so motivated to make sure that more of us are having these sorts of conversations where the lingo, the the jargon becomes familiar. So we're not wondering, we're not confused and afraid to ask. Like we're having just a conversation about whatever. Yeah. <laughs> related to those those deeper um, investor related things. Yeah. So when they presented that the I guess the idea to you, mm-hmm. what was your, your first response? With the actual investor Investment project. Okay, so now that's the third woman who was also on the Shad Squad. Kendra Plummer. Kendra, she participated in both of the things I mentioned earlier, and she made it plain that, hey, gee, I'm going to start working on some deals. Here's one. Okay, so what's the commitment to this? Oh, Okay, so this is like a starter thing, similar to starter home, right? Mm-hmm. Getting a starter home is different from getting an estate in Potomac. Mm-hmm. Similar concept. It was a starter hotel investment. It was designed for people to, to have easy entree, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it, and then again, I was working in sales for hotels, so I understood what P&Ls looked like. From the perspective of you gotta go find more money, so this P can go up and the L can go down. Um, but now looking at it as the investor, who was even more motivated for that P to go up, um, I, I'm having a similar conversation that I mentioned earlier. Like Kendra, what is this? Why does this matter? What is IRR? What is this? What? Okay, 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 okay. All right. So then, what happens after? Oh, there's a quarterly thing? Oh, okay. Now, similar to residential real mm-hmm. estate. Oh, you sell it after five years? So we flipping hotels? <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing? 
then you know the DC comes out. Oh, we flipping houses, we flipping hotels, we flipping everything. So having those very real conversations with Kendra is what really motivated me. Like, okay, again, she's just a regular Joe, and she's younger than me. Okay, we can do this. Let's lock elbows and do this. And we did. And now, did the other really women good. know each other? We. All three of us were on that Shad. Well, the Shad Squad is Tracy Prigmore's thing. Okay. Kendra, um, Davon, and I served different purposes on that Shad Squad for the okay. first pitch competition. Okay. So when I said we were on the phone call every Tuesday, it, okay. we were four of the eight-ish that were on the call making okay. things happen. And um, we brought our talents together, but then we continued into... Figuring out, let's let's do this investment together too. Awesome. And she so. made it so plain, so easy, as I'm sure you have to do for certain clients. Like once you get past the the the, the largeness of it all, it's like, oh, this really is like playing Monopoly. So how did it how did it happen? Let's see. After you got through so, the what is the IRR? You know, mm-hmm. and all of all of this, mm-hmm. and those are financing terms. So, and I'm far from a finance <laughs> major. I was an advertising yes. major. And and if you have an MBA, honor. you're familiar. If you Man, have a degree what? in finance. You are familiar with all of these different terms. But if you're creative, you can figure it out. <laughs> you can definitely, if you can understand numbers and you know profits and losses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's just one other thing. Just a side note. When you own a business, you really, I feel everyone should take some type of um, course to understand like your financials, yeah. those financial statements, your, you know, balance sheet, mm-hmm. your income statement, cash flow statements, yes. your profit and loss mm-hmm. statement so that you understand if your business is doing well mm-hmm. or if your business is not and where you need to, you know, make those corrections. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So anyway, back to the story. So how transpired how did you get from okay yeah okay to mm-hmm. like i'm an investor in a hotel so kendra presented a package mm-hmm. um and allowed all investors to be to look at it make sure we understood the numbers and then she has a portal an investor portal portal where you're invited to register and then you literally just click commit to your amount and submit it and then from there you're pulled in with the rest of the investors and on behalf of the investor group she goes to deal she closes and then we all say hey we got a new hotel and we get now quarterly um, reports where we can see the other side of the P&L and other performance metrics to see how the asset is really doing so how's Just it going? hearing myself say, talk like that is like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Um, it's doing well. It's actually in Douglas, Georgia. So that that little enclave has been almost recession proof because their um, largest revenue demand generator, I should say, um, is Walmart, like a Walmart distribution center or or something like that. So think about it. We were all stuck in the house ordering online. So Walmart.com just blew up. Um, And so there was 
need for people to be in that space. And many of those people were staying at the hotel. It's a limited service hotel. So that's another tip. If this is something of interest, understand I'm not talking about a Marriott Marquis at the convention center in D.C. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I wasn't bequeathed anything. <laughs> um, we're talking a Hilton Garden Inn, a Courtyard by Marriott, those limited service hotels where you're really driving room revenue because people are going to stay mm-hmm. every night and less of the food and beverage component that is more... Uh, susceptible to mm-hmm. what's happening in the market now. People are having smaller events, like we were talking about mm-hmm. moving their wedding from a ballroom to a yacht. So um, those limited service hotels really are working and proving to be successful in places that have a revenue driver okay. set for this economy. Because, And I, I say that because a lot of hotels of that caliber are placed near universities mm-hmm. and we're seeing reports school uh, school um, people going to school is dropping off um, there are less people continuing their education on campus right. and then the athletics programs have been severely impacted so nobody's staying at the hotel to watch the football game nobody's going to the hotel for to visit uh, their kids to visit their kids or for homecoming or for all these other events so many of those limited service hotels that expected revenue to be um, driven from neighboring universities yeah yeah but yours is seeing success because it's next to a distribution center Mm -hmm. which exploded and Mm -hmm. they probably brought in workers to help and just put them in the hotel so how many investors went in on that one to be honest I don't know specifically but it was if I remember correctly because there were a lot of deals on the table around a hundred of varying um, amounts of investing So you just invested what, I'm assuming they were either tiers or, so you just chose the tier that you would be an investor on and you just get a percentage based on your investment into the hotel. Yep. So So let's say I have 10,000 that I can play play with and you have a million to play with, but the um, amount that they were seeking to raise was, I don't know. Two million. So you're fifty percent of that, and then I'm a much smaller percentage of that. Right. Once the deal goes through, and the asset um, starts to drive revenue, then you get that percent. My fifty percent, and, and that I, was probably like five percent. Correct. So okay. Yep. Okay. So that's a great way. So I'm assuming if you have like that many investors, then you probably may have bought it with cash or you needed a small financing investment to be able to um, purchase it. And then after a few years, like you said, just like residential, I was blown away. And it probably was Kendra that I said, this is really like residential. I've, I've done residential investing. This is just like, and she said, yeah. yeah. Just like, bigger numbers. Yes. Yes. Just like it. So to your point, uh, most of the deals that I've either observed or participated in were like that. It mm-hmm. was just a matter of 20% mm-hmm. 
similar to residential. We got to find this cash. We're going to do a cash grab. We need to get 20% of this bigger number. We get everybody elbow to elbow. All right, put your money on the table. And then go to closing, settle, and then um, move forward. So is this something that you would do again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, there's risk involved mm -hmm. because I could listen to people. If I wasn't in sales, I could listen to other investors and say, oh, you got to invest by university. I mean, you got to. The business is going to be there. Yeah, I might be, you know, mm -hmm. out of luck. <laughs> so are you part of an investment group now? Not formally, but we are talking about formalizing that so that we have trusted partners. That's another thing that off paper, you really want to invest with people that you trust, that you know they're going to bring their money to the table. Because if we are in a cash grab to mm -hmm. raise 5.5 by Thursday, and we're at 5.3, everybody is mm -hmm. looking like it's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Well, let me know if y'all need some other investors. Because I'm hey, here. Listen, I'm, I'm sure here. all three of those women will be happy. <laughs> so very I'm happy. not saying I'm putting up a quarter of a million, but you know. So, again, I think this is the third time we say I'm not rich. I know. We but live I'm just well, saying. right? We live we well, do. and we and we, you got to put up money that you, like you said, you that can you can afford it. to lose because it's no guarantee. In mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. But just like residential, when that flip comes, you can anticipate. Oh, okay, in five years, when and if we sell it, then this is what that's going to look like. And in between, you get your quarterly, as if you were doing um, a residential and, and renting to people, because that's really same concept. You just renting every day. Right. So are you involved in any other investing or investment groups or is there something that you're looking to do in the near future? I'm always looking for something of interest. That's the best way I can say it. So another friend of mine, um, did you ever get those um, roll up slippers that you put in your purse so when you I go out with them. the heels, flat yes. heels? They didn't have those when I used to frequent the clubs. Right. <laughs> Right. Would have been smart because I was just barefoot after a while. <laughs> but Flat Out of Heels is another project that I invested in. And similar, she had a portal. She, uh, saw an email. I happened to know of a family member of hers and had a more private conversation about, does this make sense? How much would I want to play? Um, put some play money towards that and forgot about it, to be honest. I just was clearing out my email yesterday and saw, oh, looky, looky, Flat Out of Heels is doing okay. I should be looking for some more, you know, <laughs> income from that. Um, so smaller projects like that, I feel like I have to figure out whatever the NFTs and all of that is. Um, I don't know if I will invest, but I'm, I'm a geek about making money, so I want to see what potential there is. Mm -hmm. um, my, my passion project in terms of investing really is owning a golf course with a boutique B&B. Really? Yeah. My family... Okay, so how, how, how did this passion come about? My family on my dad's side, my dad is an avid golfer. And Can you he, golf? I should. I should. I've literally been playing since I was two. 
A lot of deals are made on the golf course. I know. Course. I that's can't what my dad told I said me. I wanted to learn. Oh my god! But I just never so let's prioritized to that. that. Let's okay, I can do that. We can. Because don't they have? You know what? You know, I used to live on the Baltimore side. Now I'm right, over right, here right. on the PG side, uh-huh. and there was a Black Girls Golf or something like Probably. that that's on this side of town. Yes, I'm sure they have like. But we can definitely do we that. We can go. We can do. That. We can go. No, seriously, because my dad told me from probably infancy, deals are made on the golf course. Mm-hmm. I wasn't caring about that in the 70s <laughs> and the 80s. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. 90s, I kind of got it. But um, again, it wasn't really a place for us mm-hmm. historically. But my dad instilled that in me. And so to honor him because he's unable to play now and I see it like, daddy really just wants to get back on the golf course at least one more time, you know? Um I was like, you know what? To bring everything full circle in the most Lion Kingish kind of way. <laughs> I want a golf course, which there are many on the market. Really? That's interesting because I still even feel with COVID, why wouldn't golf this courses? This pre pre-COVID. There are a lot of them on the market. I think it's just too much to maintain, too much mm-hmm. maintenance, mm-hmm. and not enough interest. Mm-hmm. So if you're not on a, a competitive circuit, mm-hmm. then eh, yeah. eh, people aren't going to just play. But I would really want to position mine, like I said, with a boutique um, B&B, mm-hmm. so it's a destination and mm-hmm. not just a golf course. Um, maybe pair it with a spa, something like that. Similar to mm-hmm. middle, what's in Middleburg, Salamander. Shout mm-hmm. out to more black ladies who own and operate mm-hmm. hotels. I haven't gotten out there yet, oh but I would gosh. love to go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. Maybe you can create a retreat for women at the Salamander, so that I can be invited to go. Okay. A retreat for the weekend. Okay. Hold me to that. Oh, yeah. Maybe we come back to this in July or August. Right. And, and, and in front of the equestrian center <laughs> at the Salamander exactly. Resort and Spa. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So where do you want this golf course to be? Is it going to be here in Maryland? Is it going to be somewhere else? If, I since we have this as a passion and we are manifesting this. Now listen. Because that's touching something that I've, I've, I've been scratching with my family. My dad has family history in Middleburg. Okay. Um, just kind of kind of south and west of your Rockville, Bethesda area. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know what's happening in those areas. Not a whole lot of us were there, but not a whole lot of us. Um, there are equestrian centers, there are golf courses, um, there's congressional golf course, there's um, where the tennis is, is held, I forget, I forget right now. Um, so there's a lot of wealth there. Mm-hmm. I learned that my dad's family owned about 200 acres of land. Do they still own it? There's a little enclave of about four acres that's been protected by, I think, the, if not the historic registry, something is protected. It's this little, it's this little four acres. 
where some of my dad's family is still there. Okay. It's down the street from a polo club. Literally, uh, you know, relatively down the street from a polo club, from a golf course, from where the tennis, um, professional tennis match, I can't think of, um, is held. And it irks me to no end mm-hmm. that that is not ours. So part of me... Well, you know what? Right now, there's a lawsuit. I think I've read somewhere that uh, someone out in California, mm-hmm. Bruce mm-hmm. Beach, mm-hmm. that they owned it, and mm-hmm. it just was re- mm-hmm. rewarded back to them. Yep. It's like $75 million yep. worth. Yep. But it was taken from them by eminent domain yep. a long time ago because they were going to build something else, but maybe yep. they never built it. But they got it back. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a story like that in California. It was another one, kind of mid-Atlantic area. So, part of me is like, I want my family's land back. But how do I do that? But you know, I also at one point said, I want to own a hotel. How do I do that? And I figured it out. You got it. So. I don't know. When the time is right, it's going to be revealed how you're going to get this. So to more directly answer your question, where would I want it to be? Like, I would completely feel like this came full circle. If it was in Middleburg, where my dad used to, he tells me stories of walking from Miss Minnie's store or something like that (laughs) (laughs) with his uncle Clyde and who was on the golf circuit, Clyde Martin. So there's there's all this history there that I just wish I could touch through the things that I want to do in investing. Well, that's awesome. I definitely hope it comes to fruition for you. Thank you. Thank you. So I do thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add that maybe we didn't talk about? Again, we could do this all day. I'm passionate about marketing, but I'm also just passionate about sharing information and making sure that we collectively are moving forward into different spaces um, and becoming just, just better humans. I like that. So I don't, I don't know. So we'll have to have you back then yes. in the future. Yes, yes, yes. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. So again, thank you again for being on the show. This has been awesome. I think so. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I hope you guys got a lot of value from my friend Glenda Lee, the good witch. (laughs) The very good witch. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if you guys want to contact her, I'll put her contact information in the description so you can reach out to her. (laughs) I can put it right here. (laughs) Your your Instagram handle would be right there. Okay. But yes, we'll make sure that you have her information. So again, thank you for watching. I'll see you next episode.